0: Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Christmas, the message, how it includes so much hope, because you are our light. And so now as we turn to that message, as we've heard it from Luke, we're going to hear a little bit from, from John as well. So Lord, we ask for a blessing upon this reading that you be with us a while. For those of us who are here in person, those of us who are those who are going to be joining us soon, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you will preside over all of this, that your name be glorified and that we lift you up. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Sorry, we've been on this series, uh, so that, that painting, wow, that's a, that's a new one. Um, the, this painting that uh, you've seen perhaps in some of the other uh, literature, or maybe it was a painting that drew you here tonight. We've been going through starry nights and Christmas lights, and so tonight, just wanted to think on this for a minute. Someone asked me, where did this idea come from? And you know what? I have no idea. Inspiration comes from so many different sources, and so I'm thankful that we've had these different people, but there's something intriguing that has happened as we've walked between these two characters of Jesus and of Vincent, the starry night painting that we've seen, and Christmas. And now here on a star-filled night, I am drawn back to the wonder of it all again. It is amazing to me how things that are so old can still have such a robust and profound meaning. The painting, every time I see it, it makes me stop to think or, or to feel, I guess. And although old, something like that can be easily forgotten. But in fact, it's not. Volumes become written about it, theories about its composition and and ideas about its provenance and and where it came from and, and the qualities and what lies in the eyes of the beholder. The story remains in the mind of the teller. What a mystery in the art itself. It has been wonderful to walk alongside that. But join us as we turn from that starry night and the one above us that no doubt will paint our evening sky. We're here for another old story, something that we mark out every year, Christmas Eve, where we wait for a coming child and wonder about the birth cries as they echo, both forward into the future and backwards into the past. I want to read just a couple of verses from Uh, John, his gospel, in John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The true life that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's where we are on Christmas Eve. He was in the world, and the the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm sometimes drawn to the, to the same wonder as I look about uh, this world as the artist Vincent was. Vincent, when he was a child, he used to collect bird's nests on his walks. He would um, steal small eggs from the kivets and, and he tossed stones into the sea. He hid in the tall grass of the wheat fields and, and played eventually um, the, along the cypress and in his native home in, in the Netherlands. In France, he loved the the cypress tree. He loved being near the river where the water lilies or cherry blossoms would reflect over over those magnificent rivers there. And even his famous sunflowers became his. Vincent's fields of of wheat and potato farmers were traded for the the glitz and glam of Montmartre and the, the Parisian streets. The creative world around Vincent was enough to wonder about. It filled him with wonder, even in the mid to late 19th century. Our sense of wonder today has shifted somewhat, I would say. Today we don't wonder that. We wonder how long is this going to take? Or where is everybody? Or how much is this going to cost? Perhaps uh, like one of those who was traveling on the illumination walk that we had a couple weeks ago. If you didn't uh, have a chance to go, we had set up different stations in the, in the back area here where you could go through, walk, reflect on Scripture, and, and take in uh, the, the joys of crunches of snow and, and seeing lights and, and being underneath that wonderful starry night. Maybe in that walk a couple weeks ago, It's drawn you back because you're looking again for a little bit more hope and peace and joy and love. It's easy to trade in the the stillness of wonder for the weary, wandering mind in need of rest. And so, welcome. Maybe you've just come to hear the words, It's been a tough week but you made it, and you're here. In the busy world with sleigh bells or worse, penetrating mall music, we can't seem to find time for the quiet enjoyment of song or the crunch of snow or those painted nights. I think this is what John is trying to get people to think about when he writes his birth story of Jesus. How God is a creative God Those vased arrangements of sunflowers that people have been uh, fawning over the world round speak not only to the quality of the painter himself, but of the quality of the creator as well. (laughs) Vincent said, as for the sunflowers, they are mine, but they are not his. They belong to another. They belong to the one that John calls and says is coming in the beginning." Perhaps when you hear those words, those words are not enough for you to start thinking about um, the beginning. Where does it all begin? Maybe that's not what you think about when it comes to Christmas time. As John keeps writing, we learn more about this Jesus and his coming down to us and what that means. He descends to us, we pray, to be a light in this dark world. And though we did not know him and even though he was rejected, he still comes to us all. And maybe that's what has you wondering. Maybe that's what has you wondering why. Why does Jesus come? Maybe that's why we return every year to, to celebrate his coming because we still don't quite get it. See, wonder is an amazing thing. For, for a child, for a family with young children, uh, it, it's what keeps Christmas morning both like a, a few hours away but an eternity away, doesn't it? Wonder does that. It's the amazement of a bank of bright lights on a bricked wall or dancing and stirring and making things up as they can do nowadays. The immense space in, uh, underneath a tree that the very first present can take, though it's a very small present. You can sit underneath that tree and it's as if everyone walking by, it's got their head on a swivel. Everyone knows. And this wonder that can happen at Christmas Eyes, they light up and grow wide. This is what wonder is. And may I suggest to you tonight that is precisely what John is trying to get us to see. He's trying to get us to ignore some of the shepherds. Some of the angels, you don't see manger stalls or priceless gifts that smell all wonderful. John captures the simple wonder of God and he is saying there is something different about this God. And I want you to take note. I don't know what comes to mind when I say the word God for you. See, the gods of old were gods of this Greek pantheon and high, uh, high towers or clouded halls wielding thunderbolts and with winged feet, but then gods of power and persuasion of demanding adoration. Maybe it's the gods of the, of the mystical or, or Eastern or some uh, religions that speak of a system of gods that, uh, that are so far off but still must be so close because they're so uh, there seem to be everywhere. Or, or the, of Norse gods, or this Norse family whose violence and strength strike fear in the very hearts of the, the soldiers who go to battle to die and honor them. This is something different. This is something different about our God and John. There is something different about this man. And that is John's point. The one true God who desires fellowship with you so much comes down from heaven and from being unknown to be here on earth and to be known. Jesus is different because as God comes to man, he comes as a personal God. The most wonderful thing imaginable is not a God who is over and above all things and worthy of adoration, but rather that the same God is here among his people and bringing worth to them, regardless of their state of life. This is the wonder. This is the marvel of the God of the Bible in Jesus Christ. And it's it's John who's trying to get us to see it. There's nothing in this world so wonderful that will ever capture your imagination, your sense of wonder as a personal relationship and walk with Jesus Christ. Nothing but him. So John, he, he goes after this prolong and he starts telling the story of all the things that Jesus has, has done. He lived for others and he gave of himself in every way and how he was just not the different kind of God. He was a different kind of man. He he was God and he had the power to help us, but he was man and he could help us. Jesus is different. You see, he comes to give of himself. That's why the penetrating questions, how many gods? He does it because we couldn't. We know that now. He needed to be a man in order to reach us but he needs to be God in order to save us. And there's nothing more wonderful in this life to know than to know that you are known by him. Makes you wonder. Maybe that's what's drawing us back after these 2,000 years. We get to wonder about how it will be this year, how we will make it through another year, difficult year, the pain of a January, how our finances are going to balance out, how work is going to be enough in this ever-changing landscape. We wonder if we're ever going to be able to stop and find rest for our bones. And Jesus says, I come that you may have life, and by believing in me, you may have life in my name. You don't have to suffer in darkness. I can be your light. Those other things, yes, they matter. But I will teach you that in me you will find satisfaction beyond anything you have known. Maybe that has you wondering. (laughs) It's my sense of wonder that has me returning to God in my every day. We see it in our children as they grow. Let me tell you this story. Tonight, this may come to mind as you may put a child to bed or see a child that is related to you in some way be put to bed. I'm reminded of ours when they were younger. Our three youngest are about uh, 18 months apart. And, um, and so their, their stories, they could be close but not quite the same. So you'd start with the youngest. You'd go in with Elijah and you'd, uh, you'd tell the story about the, the very brave knight and the, the knight who rode on his trusted steed up and into the cave. And at this time, Elijah's eyes would start to get wide. See, that was enough, you know, getting that, uh, that knight up there. But see, his brother was a little older. And so I'd get to the cave, and, and he'd be still waiting for the next part. And so i say, and then a dragon jumped out of the cave, and all of a sudden his eyes would get wide, and he'd be paying attention to see at that point. But see, that didn't quite do it. For our, uh, for our daughter, Hannah, who's next. You see, the, the dragon would come out, and she'd be waiting for, for what's coming next, and I'd say, well, and then behind the dragon was the princess, and, and of, of course, the, the, the prince has got to uh, help the princess and slay the dragon, and so the eyes get wide. You see, what happens is, as we age, our sense of wonder continues to grow. For my youngest, it was the cave. For the next, it was the, the, the dragon. For the next, it was the princess. And I'm here to tell you that your sense of wonder, as it continues to grow throughout the entirety of your life, nothing will ever satisfy your sense of wonder like a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you've come to this place to be encouraged to turn to God in your everyday, then join us. If you want to see what's wrapped under the tree over there, come back and see us tomorrow morning. If you have a church, get yourself plugged in with the people who are looking to light up the world and not just suffer in silent, quiet, dark. Because we don't have to. Because at the end of John, he writes that many more things, this is what he says, many more things, many more miracles could be written down about all that Jesus had done. He says, but if I wrote them, it would fill this book and many more. And it's true. I know it's true. Because the book is continuing to be written. It's written for you and for me and for our children and for the next generation of those who seek him. So join us as we gaze together in wonder at all that God is doing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace to us. We thank you that in the midst of the busyness, you have drawn us here, each and every single one of us, that you know each and every one of us and have put us here for this express purpose. Lord, we, we crane our heads towards heaven in anticipation of all that you have yet to do. And so, Lord, what we offer to you is all that we can, which is just ourselves. So light up this world, Lord, and let us be a part, we pray, not because we deserve it, but because of the grace we find in God with us. In Jesus' name, amen.